Welcome to Pure Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 216. Yeah. It's crazy because it just seemed like yesterday that we were at 200 and we're already 16 <laughs> episodes past it. Yeah. Well, okay. So we did discuss this when we recorded the last podcast, but I think we should start with the last podcast that this is season three now. Yeah. Did as of last time? episode, yes. we are now in season three. Oh, what, what, how do we decide seasons? Well, um, I think I think when we got to like a hundred episodes or f- the first year, oh, I think that's what it was. After our very first year, we called that a season, and then I don't know. I don't. So we have like this huge swath of season two. Season two is that's it's our uh, it's the our mega epic, season. It's our epic season. It is our it is our uh, our yeah our, our monumental season. There you season go. Two. So all right, It'll so we are in, in season three. Yeah. And Q4 just happened. And so I thought I'd title this uh, theme episode, It's Q1. Now what? Is that okay? Are you okay with that title? You're going to change it, aren't you? Probably. <laughs> All right. But but that's the thing. You know, we, we usually would do like a level up review or we do an interview. But I thought for this episode, being that, you know, it's going to be within the single digit days of January, It'd be a good time to talk about now what, and then we'll get back to the normal swing of things because there's a lot of info that we share now that it's a lot easier to apply now than it would be a month from now. Right. And so we'll do our recap Q4 episode in January, talk about, you know, what did we learn and so on. But I thought it'd be a good time to start fresh and go, Hey, here's what we're doing now that it's Q1 and you know, things have kind of, kind of slowed down. So I thought I'd break this up into three parts. I thought I'd talk about how to organize, what, what you should learn, and how, how should you level up in Q1, right? So have you been organizing? Yeah. Um, if you look at my my uh, inventory room right now, it's not extremely organized, but I spent some time uh, towards the end of last year kind of getting things set up, going through and getting things a little bit better. But I know a big organization is going to come as I shift to a new location sometime in the future. I don't know exactly when, but probably within the next month or, or two. Uh, so I'm kind of holding back on on some of that organization until then. But I am expecting to have a big inventory organization change um, and hopefully becoming more efficient, effective as we do that. Because uh, we've talked many times in the past, like when you first start out, you, you you're not a lot of times expecting to scale big. And so it's easy to have, you know, well, one tote, half of the tote shoes and the other half of the tote is closed or whatever it is. But then as you end up expanding and expanding, it gets more difficult and then you have to reorganize. Then you got to go back through listings and do custom SKUs. And so um, we're hoping that as we organize into a, a new space that we can be more efficient and more effective in our reselling. Good. So what I thought, there's three places probably that you should organize. And again, when I say this, I'm not saying this as a guru. I'm saying this as this is what I'm doing. Right. And I'm doing this because I think it's valuable and it's important. So the first thing is bookkeeping. Right. Bookkeeping. I hate bookkeeping. You like bookkeeping, don't you? I don't like bookkeeping, but I know that it's uh, one of the most important things you can do. Yeah. I mean, there is so much money that you can, I say gain, some people say that's the wrong word, Orlando. You shouldn't use the word lose. But when it comes to tax time, if your bookkeeping isn't where it needs to be, you're going to be paying a lot in taxes. Yeah. I mean, taxes is one big reason to have your bookkeeping in order, obviously, and legally. Uh, But in- in, (laughs) Legally, you just throw it out there. Legally. In in addition to that, though, um, and I know you're not really a huge fan of 
the like keeping track of exact metrics in every like category and all of those things and and each item writing down and putting it in a, a, sh- a spreadsheet and having a cell for what the item name is and then how much you paid for it, when, what date it sold and all of that information. But if you do that and it does take time, but what you can really do is, and, and we know this because in our current day, the new currency, obviously it's always money, but is information. Right? I thought all you were going to say Bitcoin or something. <laughs> um, all of these companies that are, are, are the most powerful companies in the world, Google, Amazon, what they're really doing is they're they're capitalizing on information. They're putting all of the 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 massive amounts of data that they have on customers. They're buying habits. What types of customers buy what things? What times of the day is best to do certain types of advertisement? The more information you have, the better. And I think the same is true for your own business. If you can keep track of and really not just have a hunch like, yeah, I feel like I sell more shoes at you know this time of year, these types of shoes. But if you can actually have the metrics and say, these types of shoes sell for this type of money during this type time of the year, and you have the data in front of you, you can know where you're maybe leaking money, right? I'm losing money here. I'm, I'm, I'm paying too much. I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm making X amount, but by, by the time I do shipping and fees, I'm actually only making you know 30% profit on this type of inventory, but I'm making 60% profit on this other type of inventory. With that information, you can adjust how you're doing your business. So I, I say now is the time to do that. The beginning of the year, again, it's a fresh start, part of it for tax reasons, right? But if you can have a more effective system in place for keeping track of your inventory, how much you're, you're buying inventory for, when you're selling it, what you're selling it for, what the cost was, uh, that information becomes a powerful tool in your hands um, as you go through the years. Agreed. And there's a lot of practical so tools that can help you do that. Right. There's there's a lot of spreadsheets, right? There, there's other resellers out there that have spreadsheets that can help you track that information. Right. So, you know, you can go out there and you, you can find them, but, you know, find a way to be able to track those things. Like for me, I, you know, like you said, I like I hate spreadsheets. I hate spread. I can't even tell you spies like mm, I just don't like you just need to take a master class or something on spreadsheets and you'll be good to go yeah you know and I and I did take an excel course back in the day and all that but it's it's not that I don't like the info it gives me I just like I, I just don't like the work that it takes to keep it up right so but there are some practical tools I'm still a big fan of GoDaddy bookkeeping I use GoDaddy all the time I started from day one so I just had a, a nice Harley haul that I picked up and right away it's easy. I just take the picture of all the stuff I sourced. I talk about how much in cash I paid for it, put it under cost of goods sold and you save and it's in my bookkeeping, right? I don't have to worry about it again because what I've had to do in years past is I've had to go to my Instagram stories and look at what did I source that day, right? How much did I spend? But this year I'm starting off strong right away. Mile IQ, right? Tracking my mileage. So I've had to do a lot of backtracking before, but you know, right now, early days of January, very easy to track your mileage. There is so much money in mileage. I think, I don't know if this year it's 58 cents per mile that the government will give you back, something to that effect. But man, if you're recently, if you're just going to the post office, even if you're, it's a side hustle, going to the post office is a deduction, right? Going to Costco to get supplies, going to... You know, if if you're hey needing to go do a local deal, that can be deducted. Again, this, we're not giving tax advice. We're not professionals, but th- these are pretty simple things to do, right? So find those bookkeeping tools and get started right away. 
because it's very hard, you know, when it gets to March or April, like you just did all your taxes, right? You know, let's say you waited till April 15th and you just do your taxes and have experiences. And then after your taxes, you're like, oh, I, I need to get on top of this. So you're all motivated in April, but by April, it's really hard to start backtracking. And it's really hard after a Q4 to go, huh, I wonder what I did in January and February and March. So I do a lot of that, though. I still I'm not perfect. Like this next month, I'm going to be doing a lot of tracking of, you know, what I bought, what I sold, because, you know, all that time that I spend doing that, I, I see it as dollars and cents I'm gaining back from the government. And so I strongly encourage you, if you can start now with the bookkeeping, like right now, right? It, it's funny. I was sharing in the last podcast. I'm, I'm uh, teaching my son how to resell. And my son goes, do I need to keep receipts? And he's actually been keeping receipts. Why? Because he sees his dad keep receipts. Now, you don't have to literally keep receipts. You can just scan them and hold on to them. And no one ever is going to look at them unless you get audited. But you have to track your expenses, right? So GoDaddy Bookkeeping, anytime I use my card, it tracks it when I spent it. And if I put, if I spend this money at a certain store, it's cost of goods sold. It'll automatically filter it out. And I don't even have to think twice about it. So start early with the bookkeeping. Supplies. How are your supplies after Q4? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously started running low on certain types of boxes and certain, um, you know, things that we use for packing, bubble, that kind of thing. Uh, so obviously the the thing we talked about last episode with the eBay coupon came in handy, start building up those supplies again. And it's, it's a front heavy thing, but it's nice having your supplies organized to make sure you have what you need when you need it. So you're not in the middle of packing something and realizing I need to go buy, you know, some paper or I need to buy some bubble wrap. So yeah, just having stuff laid out and ready to go. Uh, and I think the beginning of the year, obviously you should do it more often than just the beginning of the year. I feel like I'm saying obviously a lot. What I'm saying is very obvious. I guess There's a lot of words we say a lot. Um, so the beginning of the year is a great time to recalibrate, refocus, but this is something you should be doing depending on your, the, the velocity of sales that you have be doing frequently the end of maybe every two weeks, maybe it's every month, uh, maybe it's every quarter, but going through and saying, okay, do I need to purchase more tape? Do I need to purchase more bubble? And then you can get on a nice routine where you have enough to get you through that next period, whether it's every couple weeks, every couple months, uh, so that you have the the inventory that you have uh, or the, the supplies ready to go and organize it. And a part of that we're talking is the organization is just figuring out how to be more efficient with your time. Do I have the tape close at hand to where I'm doing the boxes or am I keeping things separated? Uh, do I need to readjust my space? And sometimes it's a matter of just moving one table, you know, towards this wall and moving another table over here, whatever you need to do in order to make your, your system go as fast as possible. We've talked to many people on, 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 um, interviews where that's what they've talked about doing, timing themselves or making sure that, that they're able to get things done as quickly as possible, having stuff set up. And living in a fifth wheel makes it a little more challenging, especially if we do what we're planning on doing, which is getting our a big shed put out there. We're going to the shed that we want to get isn't quite big enough to also be our our shipping section. So we either need to have a second shed or have something that we pull out once a day to get set up for that. And so trying to organize that is something you need to put some thought in. But the more upfront uploading, front loading of the the planning you do ahead of time the more time you're going to save as the year goes on. Agreed. And what I wanted to say too, is that, you know, 
the first reason you should be looking at that is because there's a new eBay shipping supply coupon. So if you have a basic store and above on eBay, take advantage of that right away. The second reason is I think Q4 is a good measure of how ready are you with shipping supplies? Because it's it's crazy, right? If you really went in during Q4, like there's there's a ton of new shipping supplies that I thought I'm going to pick this up because, you know, I was stuck at certain points. I had bought a certain item from Merchant Fulfilled. I didn't know how to ship it. I ended up losing, I don't know, 50 cents per item because I used this box. Then I found out about this other box and I'm like, huh, I wonder how this could apply to other items, right? Or different envelopes and, or, you know, whatever it is. It's a great time to reflect back on the craziness of Q4 and recognize how you can make things better. One thing I learned during Q4 was that I, even though I'm organized with my shipping supplies, I can do better. Uh, I ended up having to constantly pick up flat rate envelopes from the post office uh, because I didn't want to get them shipped because I didn't think they'd get to me on time. But then when I was reorganizing my shipping supplies, I noticed I had about 100. But I didn't know because things got crazy. And instead of staying organized, I just kind of tossed things everywhere. And next thing I know, I, I couldn't find those those envelopes. So it's a great time to evaluate and go, okay, from this point forward, what did I learn about shipping during Q4 that I can apply now? And what supplies can I pick up? And you had talked about this next item I want to talk about is inventory. Right? It's a great time to organize inventory because things are a little slower. Uh, you know, sales have kind of picked up because of the stimulus checks. I don't know. I don't know if the stimulus checks had something to do with it, but I do sell a lot on eBay in January still. But uh, do, are you still finding time? I mean, are you finding yourself losing time looking for items? Have you lost anything lately? No, we, we typically don't lose things. Like, I'm super organized. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say. Yeah, we're, we're relatively organized. Um, most of our bins have labels on them. Most of our items have custom SKUs. There's some things that don't fit in bins and... Um, when I go through and I move stuff to reorganize, or if we get new inventory and I have to make space on a shelf, I might move some things. And then my wife comes to do shipping one day and she, if I didn't let her know where I moved things to, I might get a text throughout the day that says like, Hey, where did you move those DVDs to? Or whatever it is. And then I just have to tell her, Oh, it's on, on shelf seven or, or whatever. Cause I know, but if I didn't already tell her, so we don't typically lose things. There was one or two items that we got when we very first started reselling three years ago now. And, um, those items are the ones where it's like, scratch your head a little bit. Like what box was that in? We've had a move since we bought those items. I'm not hundred percent sure. So, um, but for the most part, we don't really lose items. Okay, good. <laughs> so I, I don't lose items, but I do have to do a little bit of a search every once in a while. Right. But you know, there's a, there's a post, a Cincinnati picker, which I'm hoping we can get them here on, on on the podcast for an interview someday soon. Uh, he, you know, he's, he's a big time seller, sells a lot of stuff and he had a bunch of totes and it kind of surprised me because he had all these totes and he said, I decided to reorganize my inventory from this day forward. And we ended up using those uh, banker boxes, which I thought that was interesting. Like I looked at that and I go, huh? And he, and he mentioned on his post, he, it was all about, you know, it allows them to find things easier and pull orders faster. Right. And I, I agree. Like, Totes can be cumbersome, right? The way I have it set up, I have my totes stacked up five high and, you know, having to like lift them up. And, you know, luckily I'm not, you know, at, at, a, at a stage where I can't do that anymore. But, it, you know, sometimes it's work and, and it takes time to, you know, pull that down, find the item, put it back up, put multiple totes back up. 
Uh, and that's because I don't have shelves because I'm trying to be more efficient with my space, right? If I had shelving, I would lose, I could maybe go three high only. I couldn't go five high or four high or whatever it is. So this is a good time to consider how can you make things faster, right? So then, you know, you already have the system in place and, you know, you still have time to do this in the summer, but it's nice when you're doing this all year round. And by the time Q4 hits, it's an afterthought. Like you don't even have to think twice about how are you going to pull orders? You already have everything in place. And, you know, now is the time definitely to, to source and, and learn things. That's kind of leads us to our next, uh, next section here soon, but definitely figure out not only what is the best way to store things, but what is the best way to pull items? So you're spending your time efficiently when things sell. So, all right. Now this next one, this is one that I constantly, I have to apply myself to, but it's taking the time to learn, right? Which takes time, but now you have the time, right? Hopefully things have slowed down to, to, to a pace that you can actually spend maybe an hour or two, maybe a few hours uh, a week uh, to learn new things. And the first one is another platform. So I've had a lot of people message me and say, Hey, Orlando, you know, what's been great this year was I learned how to use Poshmark. I learned how to use Mercari. I actually started doing Amazon and it's been a game changer. And so, you know, maybe you saw a lot of people making tons of sales on Amazon and maybe it's time now to, Hey, it's Q1. Actually Q1 is a great time to get ungated on items. There's a lot of auto ungating that happens. I don't know why, but for whatever reason, you can get ungated on, on stuff. So you just you just type up a brand name. You might be gated. You request approval and you may get auto approved. And if you're on social media, you know, there's sometimes people post and say, hey, I just found out that I can get auto ungated in these categories. So maybe it's it's that time to jump into Amazon. Maybe it's that time to go, hey, I sell a lot of things on eBay, but I learned that maybe some things go for more on Poshmark and maybe you listen on Poshmark, right? Cross posting is a great tool that you can use because some, you know, platforms sell things better. Maybe Depop, maybe Mercari, uh, maybe, you know, one that you haven't, you know, used very much like StockX or Go. I definitely think it's a time to apply yourself because then during Q4, it's definitely a tool that you'll be able to use and it'll be really easy because you already took the time during Q1 to understand that platform. That's good. Yeah. So are you going to try to apply any new platforms? Um, Platform? Technically, it's not necessarily a platform, but it's a new, for me, method of selling. I think as we move into 2021, um, I've got some plans to try, like, it's hard to explain, so I don't want to give away exactly, but but there's, I want to try more local sales at events. So whether it's swap meets or farmer's markets or those type of things. So I'm on a, I want to learn how to do that. And that's going to cut into, cause a lot of times those are on the weekends. So it's not going to be an every weekend thing, but okay. Like once a month, am I going to set up a booth somewhere and try and sell inventory that way? What does it look like selling locally like that and give it a try? So it's kind of a new platform because it's a new, no, that's method a new of platform. Selling. Yeah. I think that's great. I, I that I've considered, we've talked about it too, where, you know, maybe once a month, you know, setting up a, a, a booth somewhere and just trying to sell off a bunch of stuff that we've hold on, held yep. on for a while, right? Yep. I mean, that, that could be one thing. So d- learning, right? Maybe you've never gone to a flea market or a swami. Are those the same thing? Just different? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I have a, um, like a 
guess it would be an uncle in law that I don't really talk to tons, but I, I talked to him when I went to Texas his last time and he does antique stores. And yeah. so he's got booths at a couple of antique stores and once every few weeks he restocks it up and relabels stuff. And so even that is, it's kind of like, is that a, 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 another niche that I should maybe be yeah, looking into? I, I actually looked into that two years ago. I was going to do that in San Diego and then I think it was cost prohibitive at the moment, but I haven't looked back since. So maybe it's worth That's again. So there's a lot of resellers that do great with antique booths and it doesn't have to be antique stuff in that booth. Right. Am I right about that? I honestly have no idea. Probably dependent on the place that you yeah. go to. But, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's another great revenue, especially if you have larger items. It's a great place to sell it. I think a bonafide hustler. I, I remember watching him on YouTube. He can use that antique booth all the time. He makes great money. Now he's, in Austin, Texas, definitely different vibe. It all depends on where you're located to see if it works. But learning a new platform, whether it be online or whether it be on ground, definitely a good thing to do, right? All right. This one was probably the biggest game changer for me in 2020. And I got to I gotta shout out Craigslist Hunter because this is one of the tips he gave us in his interview in 2019, right? He said, if you could learn five or six niches or niches, whatever you want to call it, like you can really excel in reselling. And I find that to be true, right? You found that to be true in 2020, right? Do you have any examples you want to share? No, cause I don't want to give any of mine away, right. but, um, but yeah, so <laughs> part of it, part of what he mentioned I, too, I, I, I hear you is, um, I don't, I don't remember the exact number he gave, but it's like every few months learn a new one, right. To, to kind of expand a little bit more. Um, and so what I think I need to do is I actually found a few over the last year or two, that I've done well in, but I don't feel like I've mastered. Okay. And so I want to spend 2020 really, or 2021 mastering a few of these niches that I kind of dabbled in. And then as I start to gain more mastery of this specific niche, and I know the items better and I don't have to spend as much time researching and I know how to source them a little easier then all right, now add a new one. But I feel like I'm at a place where it's easy to add another one on, add another one on, but I'm only going surface level on all of them and I'm not really tapping into where I should be. Yeah, I agree. I think it's important to just one or two, right? Because yeah, it's, I think the more you know about a certain type of item, the better you'll be at it, whether it be sourcing, pricing, like, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, Example has been buckles. Buckles was something that I kind of had a, you know, kind of a little bit of knowledge about. I knew that they sold. I knew you can buy them cheap and sell them for a lot. But, you know, due to the pandemic, I really took the time to learn what kind of buckles I should source and, you know, where to find them and, and the best way to the best way to get them listed or buy them and so on. And I make a lot of money on buckles now. Right. It's one of my bread and butters. And so butters, bread and butter items. Can you say bread and butters? That- breads and butters. Breads and butters. Like buttons. Buttons. <laughs> we wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Hey, everyone. Ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting to scale and not knowing how? Well, we've partnered with a great service called Sellhound. They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Sellhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Sellhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code, all in caps, PureHustle25. That's the numbers, 25. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to Sellhound.com and subscribe using our promo code, 
Pure Hustle 25. Anyway, so, you know, definitely trying to learn a new niche. I don't know what that's going to be for me this year. Uh, you know, there's a part of me that feels like I need to know sports cards, but I'm not, it's weird. I'm not interested in the sports card market. And I know I'm losing a lot of money. But at the same time, I want to be passionate about what I'm learning. So again, that's one of those things where if you're already a huge sports fan and you you follow all of that stuff, it's easier to get into. Uh, Whereas for me, if I were to get into sports card, I'd have to figure out, all right, what are the teams that play basketball? I don't even know the names of, of most of the teams. All right, who are the players? Who are the coach? Like when you have to do that much research, now if you're passionate about it, it's worth it. But if you don't already have a basic understanding or interest there, it's going to be really hard to jump into That's it. a good point. That's a good point. So find what you're passionate about and then find a niche that fits with that passion. And I think you'll be in a good place. But I strongly encourage that. Like there's a couple that I'm working on right now that I'm trying to learn more and more. And it's just going to expand because part of it is diversifying what you're selling allows you to make more money. So, for example, I know Hawaiian shirts really well. Not not like expertise well, but I, I know most in you know, general resellers. But man, that market is down. Mm. It is I mean, I used to talk about Rain Spooner shirt selling all the time and, and Kahala and uh there's other brands like Iolana and, and all these different brands that used to sell really well. And I sell maybe one or two a month now. Right. The market has has died. But what's helped me is that I have other niches that I know that I sell in. And so that where that was 25% of my sales, now it's maybe 5% if even that. But I have other things that have taken that place. So that's why it's very important to learn new fields in reselling. Yeah. And and it kind of goes to um, this is slightly off topic, but I think um it kind of connects is even ways that you can reduce costs in just your day-to-day life, right? That's kind of like that mm. learning process and that time of learning is how can I, how can I change my eating habits? How can I change uh, my shopping habits? How can I change? Because there's two different ways that you can increase wealth. One of them is to increase your revenue. The other one is to decrease your spending, right? So if you can find ways to save money in your day-to-day life, maybe save money in your business, save money in your day-to-day life, it's going to help you reach those goals. If you have that target of, I want to pay off $30,000 in debt or whatever your target is, you can either increase how much you're selling on eBay or Mercari or Poshmark, or you can also decrease, find ways to save money in your day-to-day life. And, and by learning the best ways to combine both of those, you are going to reach that goal faster. And so for us, one thing that we've been kind of tossing around, um, we have, we're on quite a bit of land. Most of the land is, it's a little challenging because it's not like flat land. So it's hard to do like crops or anything like that. But we want to do some kind of a homesteading a little bit where Mm -hmm. we're at in order to save money on grocery, right? So if we are spending less on food, um, that's going to be more money in our pocket that we can use for paying off debt or buying more inventory. So that's going to be a huge learning process in our life. But just finding ways you can do that. Things, any way you can improve the knowledge you have, knowledge turns into power, turns into money. So uh, learn as much as you can. That's good. Another one I was going to say, sourcing strategies, learning how to source. And, and I've shared this, and this is something I've been talking about for a long time. I mean, we even had a, a, an episode that said thrift stores no more or something like that. Like, we're done. But the market's changing, right? It's, I will say, you know, thrift stores are pretty difficult to source, at least in our area. Okay. Uh, local deals have been really great. And so Mike and I have learned to adapt and we do a lot of local deals where we pick up a good amount of inventory, 
All right. But maybe this is the time if, you know, you're still on Amazon and and you're kind of done with the retail arbitrage game, you maybe look into wholesale. How do you do wholesaling? Right. Or even for eBay, you could do wholesaling or finding replenishables. Right. How do you get into a replenishable game? Like finding ways to source the items that you're interested in selling. Like for me, I'm very big on I like selling vintage gear. So I'm trying to find ways to get those in bulk. And, and maybe, you know, usually I have to go through a middle person, right? Usually I have to go through a vintage warehouse or I have to go through, you know, regular thrift store or, you know, through a local deal. I, I'm, I'm trying to find ways that I can get a lot faster and it's cheaper if I can go directly to that source. And so try to find ways to source things better because, you know, as things change and who knows what 2021 holds, uh, thrift, the popularity of thrifting isn't going away. It's actually getting more and more. I actually was at a thrift store the other day and I'm not, I don't know. I, basically I would say I'm just around the number 90% of the people there weren't resellers and they had a lot of money, mm. right? Like I could tell by the cars that they drove into the lot with, I could tell by what they were wearing and they were just trying to buy stuff because it's cool to wear thrifted items. Yeah. Well, and, and I think a lot of more, uh, more people are becoming um, kind of, I guess, aware, conscious of their impact in, you know, consumerism and the culture and the effects that that has on maybe the environment and all of those things. And so there is a, it really does come down to popularity, right? Like it is popular, it's trendy right now. And that doesn't mean it's a bad thing, right? It might be very good for our environment if people well, are upcycling, yeah. right? So, uh, or recycling. And so um, recognizing though that that does have an impact on reselling in the positive way if people are going to be buying used things off eBay in the negative way of it's going to be more difficult to source through the traditional sourcing methods. Mm -hmm. Because now, whereas the store that should not be named, primary customers would have been people who needed items cheap because that's all they could afford and resellers who can, you know, buy the the more expensive stuff to now more and more of their clientele is going to be a more affluent community. Who's just trying to, you know, Hey, I don't want to go buy cool. new clothes. Yeah. I want to, I want to either, yeah, buy the cool nineties old vintage stuff, or I want to say, Hey, I'm not going and spending a ton of new money on new stuff, but I'm, I'm upcycling these old clothes or items. And you know, it, it, makes me feel better about myself. I mean, it, I mean, all you have to do is if you go on TikTok and you scroll, I mean, I see all these, I see all these, uh, individuals wearing Harley stuff that and they never write hard. They will, they will never write a Harley. Right. But it's now the end thing. Right. And so for me, I, I got to find different ways to source Harley. Now a real practical tool. If you have an eBay store, we go to a research tab. That's where therapy is. And we talked about this before. On the left side, there's this thing called sourcing guidance. I shared this before, but there you can you can take a look at what items sell at certain times of the year and what the average price is, what the average shipping is. But I think it's a great tool if you're a new reseller and you're trying to say, okay, what are some things I should be picking up? What should I look at? So check out the sourcing guidance uh, part of the eBay site. You have to go to the research tab on Seller Central. And then on the left side, it says sourcing guidance. And I won't go into it because we already did this on the podcast before, but you can find out, you know, what is selling really well new in January, February, March, April, May, whatever month of the year, or what is selling really well used during this time of the year. And then 
you can kind of, you know, guide your sourcing if you're trying to learn a new area to jump into. Right. And it's interesting. One of the hustles of the week that we're getting to here soon is something that I didn't think would sell. But, you know, may, maybe there's something that maybe some people can look into and go, hey, maybe it's something I want to learn. Right. All right. But before we get into hustle of the week, we just need to talk about one thing that we've been consistently doing is showing up with our shiny domes. Yeah. And again, man, we might need to get some powders on these domes because because uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, Skull Shaver gets you. Uh, the, just one of the closest shaves, the most comfortable shaves. I don't have any nicks. I don't have any razor burn and it's super fast, super easy and actually enjoyable. It's one of those things I use. I know I have a big beard, so it's hard to imagine that I shave my face. Um, I shave, you know, my neck and, and, and higher and all of that. So um, I use a, like a double edged razor old school. And there's something about that process. It's kind of like comforting. It's kind of like a part of my morning ritual and skull shaver has become part of that. It's actually an enjoyable process. It's, it feels like I've mentioned before and I'll say it again. It's like getting a head massage and it's super effective. It's super reliable. And I'm still on the first charge. I think I'm going to recharge it just because I know batteries like to be higher charged than getting to yeah. lower, but I'm still with, with just under, just barely now under half charge. And I've been using this thing consistently. So it's super effective and you know, I love it. So if you're looking to, you know, pick up a skull shaver, uh, very simple, go to skullshaver.com. Our promo code is pure, P-U-R-E. Again, skullshaver.com, promo code pure. Yeah. All right. Hey, if you haven't been following us on social media, we are Pure as a Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. We're also Pure as a Cast on Twitter. Look out for our tweets now that we're going to, we've actually started doing. And uh, if you haven't had a chance yet, oh, by the way, thank you to all the Facebook peeps out there. You know, Facebook is the one that, I always go back to it's just it's just tough, but we appreciate all of you. And you know what was kind of funny was there was a hustle of the week that I saw on Instagram, and I'm like, wait a second, this looks exactly like the hustle of the week of this guy on Twitter. Oh, are they copy? Oh no, it was the same person, just different platform. So, so you know what I mean by that is some of you have have joked around like the only reason we're on Instagram is because of you guys. Like we don't like Instagram, but we know that you guys follow us. You know, you track things more on Instagram, and that is true. So. Not saying you have to open an Instagram, but the easiest way to track what we're doing is on Instagram. That's probably, I would say, our primary platform. It's Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and then Facebook. So that's kind of the way it goes. If you're listening to us on the podcast and you want to check out any videos that we have, we are Pierce Podcast on YouTube. Make sure to hit that subscribe and notification. You ever want to give us a call, 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Or shoot us an email at purespodcast at gmail.com. That's purespodcast at gmail.com. As always, want to say thank you to everyone during Q4 who purchased shirts for a friend or, you know, Someone that wasn't a friend that you you just you needed to gift them something and you thought, hey, why not appear as a podcaster? I don't even know how that came up. Uh, and and especially, uh, you know, those of you that took the time to to also write us a review on Pure's a podcast on iTunes, which helps us out a lot. And uh, I want to see what number we're at. That's what I'm trying to pull yeah, up. Right those here. those reviews mean the world to us. Um, not only do they help us in the algorithm. Uh, but it also it keeps us motivated. It keeps us going strong and uh, wanting to wanting to make more content. And I know we've been super busy. And the last one we got was on December fifth. So it's been a minute. Mm. So, but so worth it. And we already read that one. So, 
So that's how long it's been. Yeah. So, so we could use some more uh, reviews. Yeah. And as always, if if we have brought you monetary value in any way and you want to kind of want to pay it back, uh, you can always do that by signing up for a membership to Pure Hustle Podcast on buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. That's buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle for less than the cost of a coffee a month for eight episodes. And not that we won't, you know, keep providing these podcast episodes, but we want to be able to do more. And so for $5 a month, you can, you can sponsor us, sign up for that membership and definitely help us out at buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. Speaking of hustle, it is time. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Got some good ones. That's right. All right. So our first one comes from Nathan. His IG handle is at NateBlack22. So he took his wife to an estate sale for the first time two weekends ago. Uh, she purchased a bag. So like a, you know, like a purse type bag uh, for $15. And it was almost brand new with the packing paper in the pockets. That's I love good. it when you find the packing That's paper good. in there. Uh, did some research and found that there is a huge following of collectors for these bags, especially ones from the original Connecticut location with the older logo. So the retail of this bag sold for $1,595. They listed it for $750 and they were offered $600. They almost countered. But that that's a tough one, right? Like when you got to sell like that, you got to make it happen. So they decided not to counter. So they sold it for the $600 on eBay. And it was a vintage Gurkha Trekker number 32 canvas leather shoulder bag for $600. So from a $15 purchase, $600, you're not even feeling bad of, hey, maybe I could have got $750 later because $600 off 15, that is a hustle of the week. Great job. And if this is the first time you've uh, taken your wife to an estate sale, I have a feeling she's going to want to go uh, more often. Yeah. I mean, and and they said they were just starting reselling. So that's Ooh, a great nice. way to start. So Nathan, thank you for sharing that with us. Now, I also want to say thank you because that is a brand I've never heard of. See, I, I it's spelled G-H-U-R-K-A. And I was looking it up and I'm like... Yeah, all the prices are good on this stuff. Even when I, you know, that's just on what's selling. When I go to the sold uh, comps on eBay, I'm just, I'm just blown away. Like I've never heard of this brand, and that's why I love the hustle of the week because they're they're, they're just basically bolos, but yep. you know, bolos that end up ending well. So a lot of good stuff. If you can find these, definitely take a look. Look up the difference between the older logo and the newer logo. But these are bags that I would have just passed up. I wouldn't have looked at them at all. Yep. Right. So. Uh, you know, it, it, to me, it's going to be like a grill. Like I've never found the Tumi bag. T-U-M-I. Have you ever found the Tumi bag? Mm-mm. Man, those are money. Never found one. Never found one. So thanks so much, Nathan, for sharing. All right. Actually, and his IG tag is NateBlack22 on Instagram. All right. Next hustle of the week comes from Nakia. I hope I said that right. Or Nakia. I think it's Nakia. Nike IG handle Oak Ninja Thrifts. That's a sweet name. That is. So purchased a bunch of China from an auction house along with other China. They were unable to move. But here, here's the catch on this one. This is what cracks me up. So, you know, I messaged and I said, hey, what made you uh, come across this item? I'm kind of interested uh, why you decided to pick this up. And so I'm looking and she said she just wanted the tote, but the China came in. For inventory, so decided to sell the contents. Like what? What? Nice. <laughs> so within this tote, this is what was found. Paid nine cents 
Holy smoke. And sold an antique Georgian Mason's patent ironstone china platter with gold leaf from approximately the era of 1850 to 1840. Wow. For $125 plus ship. Like what? Hey man, I, that old stuff, if you get the right kind of stuff, it's money. Okay, I need to correct. So not I hope I hope I said their name right, Nokia on here. So I don't, please correct. I feel I feel horrible right now. Like I feel what? like I should I should say their name. I don't know. I always DM and say, hey, can I actually say their names twice and I say, tell me which pronunciation is right. And usually they tell me, but just tell them to phonetically spell it for you. Yeah. So but Nakia, thank you so much for sharing that. And the reason I sh- wanted to share this hustle of the week. So this is antique stuff, right? Antique is usually a hundred years old or older. And that market to me has not, I mean, I, I, I used to look that stuff up and there wasn't much value, but I don't know, maybe it's becoming valuable again, yeah. right? Again, it's, the right it's the right, it's the right things, right? The right things have a following and that's what you're looking for. So Nakia Oak Ninjas Thrifts. Great job. Hope you put that toe to work <laughs> and you got a lot of money made and you got a definitely a new niche to learn. And, you know, this encourages all of us to keep learning new niches. So thank you so much, Nakia. Oh, Ninja Thrifts for the hustle. Nice. Our next one comes from Jonathan, IG handle at hustlemain 83 uh, Usually sells clothing and bags, but noticed a Milton Bradley game he saw from a YouTube video. Nice board games, man. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Picked it up a vintage electronic male madness board game at the thrift for $5. It was all complete and had the, uh, the electric component working sold for $279 plus shipping way to go. And it's always a little bit risky when it comes to board games that have electronics because even ones that, um, are, are new. Sometimes the electronics don't work because in the box, especially if it's ones that, you know, try me type things, uh, if there's batteries in them from the factory, those batteries can corrode and then you end up with all kinds of problems. Uh, but if you can get working electronics on vintage board games, they typically do pretty well. And, you know, the reason I wanted to share this because Mob Madness was one of the first like things I thrifted back in the day because I watched the video, too. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But I picked up one that wasn't working. But what I learned was that you can part out the board yep. games, right? And so I actually made, I think I paid $10 for my my mom madness and I made over $100 in parts. Nice. Right? Because people needed certain tokens or they needed the money or they needed, you know, certain parts. And so, yeah, don't just look at, it, you know, the surface value of like, hey, is the whole thing complete? Can you even sell certain parts of it for good money? So that's a sweet pickup, Jonathan. Thank you so much, Jonathan at hustlemain 83 on Instagram. All right. What is your hustle of the week? So my house of the week goes back to those RPG books that I had picked up uh, a while back. Um, I finally listed some of the other books that came with it. Primarily, I bought them for the Battletech books, uh, but I had lotted together other books that he had. So he had some Star Wars books, and I've been selling those consistently. But there's also a series, an RPG series called Heavy Gear. And I basically got these books for free because the way I lotted them all together. But if I had to put a price on it, I probably paid 5 maybe $10 for these books. And it was several books. Uh, along with like scenario books and maps and all of these things with it. And I started taking pictures of these and I was maybe 10% through because there's there's quite a few of the books. And I'm like, man, some of these sell for money. Some of them are like pretty low. There's a lot of listings and they weren't as easy to list as the Battletech ones were. 
So I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to take pictures of all of it together and I'm going to kind of list out what what's in here and I'm going to lot it together as one one lot. I had it up for, I think, $199 and got a, quite a few lowball offers on it and finally had an offer for $150 and I'm like, done, I'll take <laughs> yeah, it. Take you know, So um, I probably could have held out and got $199 or maybe even more. And if I would have parted them out, I might have made more than the $150. Um, I'm sure I probably would have, but it could have taken years and years and years. And I probably would have some stuff that never sold. And then I'd have to decide, like, do I take these listings down and throw them away? Because it's only like, you know, one map or whatever. So it was just worth it to lot it together, which again, so our last um, tip was don't be afraid to part things out. Uh, the other end of the spectrum is don't be afraid to lot things together, right? Sometimes it's for the speed of it. You get the money a little bit faster. You get the inventory out. And so both both methods can be effective depending on what you're selling. Well, that's great. I, I I love like for example, I have a bunch of returns of of Nerf guns, and so I'm just gonna lot them up, and I'm hoping that somebody's gonna have a mega Nerf battle, and they're just gonna buy them all. So stay tuned. That or might, or we can we can have a big uh, Nerf battle here. We could. I but I have my own Nerf. So all my Nerf gun collection, well, my, not mine, my son's is from thrifting and garage sales. And we got some, I got this one that holds like 20 and it's an automatic. It's pretty sweet. Nice. So anyway. have you seen a slightly off topic, but um, not really, but it's not really reselling related, but they're newer, I think. And you know, the water beads that you can get like the magic yeah. water beads, yeah. there's water bead guns and they're fully automatic and they have a little hopper on the top. And they just shoot those beads. So kind of like paintballs, but they're water, but beads. they're water beads. So they don't hurt and they don't go quite as yeah. fast and far. Um, but they're super cheap because they're water beads and you can buy a bag of like 10,000 water beads for $5 or whatever. Really? And they're pretty sweet. So, uh, that might be an up and coming market. And it seems like a lot of them are coming from like, you know, China and they're the, uh, there's not like a main brand for them yet. Uh, but airsoft is really taken off and it's hard. You can't, I don't think you can really sell airsoft and buy airsoft in California. There must be some law They're the same way you, you can, but you can't get them on Amazon. Uh, so that's one of those things where I knew when I was a high school teacher, a lot of the kids were getting into airsoft. And oh I knew yeah. There was money there. Teaching was huge. So, um, this may be an up and coming, uh, uh, type of thing to be getting into if you're interested in maybe private label or, you know, having a booth somewhere or something like that, because, uh, I can imagine a lot of kids getting into, getting into water bead fights. I want to get into water bead fights. I got to show you the videos. They're pretty cool. That sounds awesome. I mean, I love paintballing. I don't like the pain, but I love paintballing. That's right. There's COVID going on right now. There's a pandemic. Just thought I'd let you know. Like that's probably why I haven't done paintballing in a while. So. Mm. Yeah, that's why. When no, was the last time you paintballed a year and a half ago. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I I'm not. Do one you have of those, the gear? You've got to. No, gun and no. I just go to the paintball and I rent it out. Hmm. So yeah, I'm not that pro, but I love doing it. So yeah, no, I'm not. Though I I I know I have friends that do that. You know what I'm saying? So I just borrow stuff from them. So all right, uh, my bolo. So it's kind of interesting in this Q4. I've learned that bigger toys sell well if they're discontinued, which I know that sounds obvious, but I was kind of shocked. So I had picked up, I had mentioned this where I went to off-price stores and I, I picked up a bunch of discontinued toys. And I actually found one of these at a at a Marshall's, which I was kind of shocked that I didn't find that any Marshall. I just found one at one Marshall's. Haven't seen it since, but I picked up a lot of these. And I don't mind sharing this now because you know, it's past Q4. I, I don't, I think this is like finding one of these is kind of, if you find a pair of dog Martins at a thrift store, 
Mm. Right. It, it's not that easily accessible. So I picked up these huge Fisher Price Little People Animal Habitat Cherry Care and Safari toy. It's basically, you know, the little people toys. There's like five or six of them in this thing, and it's like this whole setup. It's kind of like the size of this table. As I have high one. as a table. Oh, you have one of these? I have one for my son. Yeah, we got it like three or four Christmases ago. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I picked these up about for $17 at an off-price store, and then I found one at Marshall's for 50 bucks. I just picked it up because I'm like, these are so... I mean, that's a great deal because when we got ours for my son, it was, I think, like 80 bucks or something new. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know it's a good deal. And I was selling them during Q4 in the very beginning. I, I sold, I think I shared this on podcast. I sold them for about $120 each. Nice. Right. But then I looked on Amazon and I noticed they're going for 300 bucks, mm. but the ranking was over a hundred K. So I'm like, I don't know if they're getting that three, you know, maybe it's taking forever. So as I began to sell them, I began to up the price, up the price, up the price. And then I found that there's always a sweet spot on eBay where I don't know what happens, but if you start selling things at a certain price, you begin to sell more of it. Right. I had this just happen with some puzzles that I bought where they weren't selling at all. I sold one one day. I sold two the next day. I sold three the next. Like they just started selling for whatever reason. And I think it's because people see that, you know, sold already so many. Mm -hmm. This guy's so this guy's a, you know, respectable seller. And yeah, I sold, I sold a total of, I think four or five of these for over a hundred a piece. And I sold this last one for $150 plus shipping. Nice. And uh, man, I didn't even like, I just picked these up on the hunch that, Hey, these are larger items. You can't find them anywhere. I'm sure they can sell for good money. So this is a tip when you're looking for toys for Q4, the way it looks has to appear as if it's worth that money. Right. So you're saying this, you paid $80 for this, right? Do you think it was worth $80? My son loves little people. So yeah, unfortunately it's outside at our house because it's just too big to be in our little trailer. But the size of it kind of calls out like this should be 80 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big item. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like if you're trying to sell a little Pokemon toy for 80 bucks, unless it's collectible, it's kind of hard. Right. right. Or, or a little people bus with five characters. Exactly. Like, you know, I can pay 80 bucks, but if it's a huge thing, you're going to pay 80 bucks. Yeah. And one of my big money makers in Q4 was a larger item that people would be willing to pay up because they see the value and it's probably, they're like, Hey, you know, it's probably worth paying that much for this item. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. So those Fisher pricings, I actually have some other vintage uh, toy items that I picked up during that time that I haven't sold. Cause I priced them pretty high, but yeah, that was, I was, I was kind of shocked. I was like, wow. And uh, I have one more and I, I just needed to sell. So, so if you're looking in the market for one and you're willing to pay up, I'm here for you. That's right. So, all right. So let's go to our last segment here. Uh, taking the time to level up. And what I mean by this is now that you've gone through a whole year of 2020, right? And you recognize the opportunities and possibilities of reselling, right? Maybe you're brand new when the pandemic happened and now you've you've had a few sales under your belt, right? Or maybe you're like me, you've been reselling for a few years, you've been full-time, but you haven't scaled. Like I've scaled, but I haven't scaled. Like I'm not... I'm not anywhere close to where I want to be, but this year I think is the year I want to make it happen. And so it's time to look up how you can level up. Part of that is new equipment. Now, I wish we had talked about this before New Year's Eve, right? Because 
next year, I think this year, if I do buy a van, I think I'm going to buy it on December 31st just so I can deduct it mm. into, into my taxes. Right. But it's definitely the time to look into new equipment. If you haven't done already, you know, cause you're trying to get that year end deductions cause you're going to be using all this equipment throughout the whole year. Right. And so you can be up and going by Q4 where you're not going, huh, maybe I should have picked up a thermal printer. Maybe I should have picked up a different vehicle. Maybe I should have picked up these totes or this shelving. And right now, actually, for example, there's, I'll just say Costco is having a great deal on shelving right now. Right. And so if you're looking for shelves, maybe now's the time. Mm. Right. Are there any things you're, I don't know. I'm just throwing this out there. Is there anything you're looking forward to? Maybe you need, I mean, you're talking about your shed. Yeah. So we're doing the shed, obviously, um, at what that's going to look like. We're not hundred percent sure yet, but we're also considering, um, maybe I'm considering more than my wife is, but I, I think she needs it. So we're trying to save money. We're trying to be wise with, and not spend on extra, but she has an old MacBook that's just, it takes so long to do anything on it. Everything takes forever to load up. And I'm like, man, let's just buy like a $300 PC laptop that is like decked out on eBay. It's, you can, you can get some really good laptops for about 300 bucks. And it would probably be three or four times faster or more than what she's currently got, which would, in the long run, save time. Uh, Cause right now it's just like, I watch her sometimes load up the computer and it's like 10 minutes before she can actually get onto the eBay site. And I'm like, this is just not good. So yeah, like buying you new computers. eBay servers are slow. It might be. I find that on most pages, it takes longer for eBay pages to load. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, hopefully, hopefully that just means that they're in the back end making things better. But, um, but yeah, so maybe new computer. Um, we might need some new equipment for, like cause right now we have a, the way our, our inventory room is set up, we have a, a paper thing that we can pull down for taking pictures of clothing that might not work the same way in our storage. So we might have to adjust how we do that. So we might need new equipment for that. But yeah, so we've, everything we've invested in for our business has been very, very worth it. Thermal printers, um, the trailer that we bought, um, all of those things, photo light box, which you gave me as a, as a present one year. So those things have been very beneficial. Uh, I think we're at a place now where we don't need lots of new fancy equipment unless we're really trying to scale, but little things like a new computer. And again, those are tax write-offs. So it is worth it. Yeah. And so for me, it's, it's, I have goals. I may buy that van before Q4, right? I just, I, I'm right now, I'm still struggling. Like if I had a van in Q1, would I use it? Like that's what I'm trying to figure out because I don't go crazy until October. So do I want to buy a vehicle that's just going to, you know, I don't, I don't know. That's why you need a trailer, man. You can get a trailer for if you're, if that's you're true. smart about it. I mean, I got mine for a thousand, but anywhere from a thousand to $3,000. And then you only have to use it when you need to use it. It's a lot cheaper than a van. That is true. That is true. But, but, but a van would be nice. It, it was so nice. So nice. Uh, but you know, it's, it's time to consider what, what are some things to make your efficient, your efficient business, your business more efficient. Right. You know, I, I held off for so long on a thermal printer and I'm glad. And it doesn't have to be a Rolo. It could be a private label off brand like mine, which works just fine. <laughs> I'm kind of shocked. I only pay 75 for it, but it, it's a workhorse. Mm -hmm. Like it's been awesome. Or, you know, just just basic things. Take a look at, you know, I've said this before, whether it's your it help your inventory system, whether it helps your sourcing. You know, maybe on Amazon, you want to get a, a sleek new. Maybe you get a tax refund. Right. Or maybe you you ended up with a stimulus check. Maybe instead of, you know, just buying more stuff, maybe it's 
buying tools, maybe buying a scanner so you can, you know, start selling books on Amazon or doing more retail arbitrage. Think about what are the, what is the new equipment that you can do now so that when we get to the place of, you know, Q4 when sales are really going, you already understand how it works. It's already fully functioning. It's, a, it's an after that and you're good to go. The other thing is more storage, right? Which you've already talked about, but like, I, I'm thinking about how to store things even better, mm. right? Because, you know, right now my, my storage system, it, it's great when it comes to my shoes. Like all my shoes are in totes. It's well organized. It's great. Uh, my clothing, when it comes to my jackets, it's in different closets, closet one, closet two, closet three, right? But th- I'm, I'm kind of considering like, ah, maybe I want to get another storage unit. Right. Maybe I want to move to a new place. I, I do have a goal to move into a property. Uh, it's not looking so great right now. Inventory is kind of low. Rent's going up outside of the city. Like rent in cities are going down, but rents in the areas that we live haven't changed. Don't rent, buy, man. Yeah, I thought about buying. I could I could buy too. So I, I've thought about that. But the inventory is low right now. So the prices are up. So it's really hard to buy. But you know, maybe not saying by now, but think about, you know, hey, by this time, we're going to work th- this hard to make this amount of money so we can buy maybe, you know, enough to buy a shed for our property or even buy a property. Uh, and that's kind of what I'm, I'm hoping by July I'll be somewhere else, but I might not be. Who knows? But it's it's definitely I'm, I'm taking the time to think about how I'm going to make that happen. And the last one about more help now. If you're a part-time seller, you know, this may not be something. I mean, I think there could be good things that could be done. I mean, whenever you're able to get more help, you're able to do more. But if you're full-time, I truly believe, like, the reason I haven't scaled as much as I scaled as I think I needed to scale is just because I just haven't taken on more help. Right? I think that's the biggest optical. Now, optical, obstacle. You got to think another mind. Okay. Yes. The obstacle. Now there's different ways of doing this, right? You could use tools like the ones we talk about in, in our ads. One of our great sponsors, Cellhound, or Cellhound will do all the listings for you. You just upload the pictures and they'll take care of it. Right. You could also find virtual assistants, whether it be uh, through, you know, different platforms that provide virtual assistants in other countries, right? Or you can find somebody nearby. Like right now I have a great helper. So my goal is, to have my helper, and I've talked about this in the previous podcast, is going to pretty much take care of 95% of, maybe 99% of any pictures that I take or any listings that I take care of. And I'm just going to source, right? So if I could source more, they can take more pictures, I can scale and I can keep building and building and building and building. And so my hope is to really scale, really ramp up. I've talked about wanting to have 3,000 listings on eBay probably for the last two years. I don't know how long I've talked about that. And I just haven't got into it. And I, I hope by June that is where I'm at. Nice. Right. But that's going to take, you know, me hiring on somebody. And with Amazon, maybe Q4, I've considered hiring two people uh, to do all the FBA shipments for me. Right. So I don't know. But now is the time to think about this as you reflect on 2020 and look into 2021. Yeah. Make 2021 the best year of your life. (laughs) Yeah. Agreed. So, hey, hopefully this helped you as you consider, hey, it's Q1. What can I do now? There's a lot that can be done, right? There's a lot that can be done, whether it's organizing, learning, or just figuring out ways to level up. With that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling.
Peace. Peace.